Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and in this episode, we're talking Mets versus Angels. All right, and welcome back, everybody, to another series recap and review episode here on the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I want to quickly preface this episode by saying that I am a little bit sick, so if my voice does sound weird, that is the reason why. So yesterday, the Mets finished off a series win against the Los Angeles Angels in Anaheim. The Mets are finally finished with their gauntlet of a West Coast trip, and this series win was a perfect end. So in the first half, as usual, I'm going to break down each game. I'm going to look at the pitching and the hitting performances. And then in the second half, I want to review the West Coast trip as a whole. I want to look at how the Mets did on the trip and where the Mets currently stand after its completion. So I'm really excited to get into this episode. So let's get started with game one. The Mets were on Apple TV plus Friday night baseball, you know, national game. And the Mets took game one of this series 7-3. to three. It was a nice way to start off the series, especially since they had dropped the last two in San Diego. On the mound for the Mets, at his long-awaited return was Tyler McGill. He's been out now for about a month or so, and... and the Mets recently, especially, were really feeling, you know, the hit of not having McGill there in the rotation. You know, just that that extra guy who can be a, a stopper if things start going south. And, you know, it was really nice to have him here, and he pitched really well. He went 3.1 innings, wasn't expected to go very long, so this, that wasn't really a surprise or a concern. Gave up five hits, two runs, one walk, four strikeouts. The two runs came on a two-run home run. I thought he looked really good out there. You know, four strikeouts, his pitches were, were up there in velocity. He was hitting 98, and, you know, coming off of that biceps tendonitis, it, it was nice to see his velocity didn't really take a hit, you know, upon his return. He'd only made one rehab start, so again, to see that velocity up there, to see him getting strikeouts, especially against this this lineup, this Angels lineup, which, you know, I had mentioned last episode, oh, I don't know if the Mets will see Trout or Rendon, and they ended up seeing, you know, Trout, Rendon, Otani, the, the whole shebang from the Angels. So the Mets saw, you know, the big guys on the Angels. The only one who wasn't there was Ward. I am Ward, yes. There's a bunch of W names on the Angels. So he was the only guy the Mets missed who's been, you know, their big hitter, but, you know, they have a lot of big guys on that on that lineup, and McGill did a really, really nice job against them. And again, the, the, two, the two runs that McGill gave up was uh, a two-run homer to Brandon Marsh, who, who absolutely crushed the home run. But other than that, you know, McGill looked really good out there. After McGill, David Peterson came in. He pitched two and two-thirds innings, gave up three hits, one run. One walk, he had three strikeouts, and his one run also was a homer that he gave up to Marsh as well. Uh, he had two homers in this game, and they came off of McGill and Peterson. But other than that, you know, Peterson looked really good in long relief. I honestly thought that Peterson could have been left in longer because, you know, he was pitching well, and, and it's not like his pitch count was absurd or anything. You know, he only threw 45 pitches, so I... I, I could have seen him going longer, but, you know, considering he was doing long relief wasn't a normal, you know, starter routine. Makes sense why he wasn't, uh, you know, out there for too long. Um, after Peterson, Drew Smith came in. He pitched an inning, gave up no hits, runs, or walks. He didn't have any strikeouts, but nice outing from Smith. Joely Rodriguez came in. 
after Drew Smith in the eighth inning, and he didn't look great, honestly. He he pitched one-third of an inning. He gave up a hit, no runs, a walk, and one strikeout. That one strikeout was the only out he got. Uh, didn't really start off his outing and his you know appearance very well, giving up a single and then a walk right away. And at that point, the Mets, you know, they were up by four runs. But again, as I mentioned earlier, this lineup, for the Angels is pretty dangerous. They have some some big boppers in that lineup. So it was a little concerning to see him, you know, struggle, but he got that nice strikeout at the end. But then Adam Adovino came in and induced a double play and got out of that inning. Again, Adovino pitched two-thirds of an inning, no hits, runs, walks, or strikeouts. And then finally, Edwin Diaz came in, hadn't pitched in a couple days, so he was out there, you know, wasn't a safe situation, but just out there to get a, a an appearance and, and get some work in. And he pitched an inning, gave up no hits, runs, or walks, and had two strikeouts. Overall, really nice job by the pitching staff in this game, holding this tough lineup to only three runs and, you know, nine hits. That's all right, but, you know, 10 strikeouts as a whole for this pitching staff, so a really nice job. Turning to the hitting performances, the Mets' bats looked really good. They put up 13 hits, and this was against a lefty starter as well. It was a spot starter, but still did a nice job against the the Angels and, you know, worked into their bullpen quickly. Brandon Nimmo, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, and Jeff McNeil all had two hits each, which was really nice to see. And then Lindor, Alonzo, Davis, Guillaume, and Nito each had one hit. So everybody in the starting lineup had a hit. But the guys who really drove the offense were Brandon Nimmo and Mark Canna, as they each had three runs batted in. In the second inning, Nito singled, scoring a run, and then Canna doubled, scoring two. And then two innings later, in the fourth, Nimmo hit a nice home run to center field. It had been his first homer in a, in a long time since April. So nice to see him you know, show off some of his power, which, you know, it's not really known for, but he does have that. Then later in the sixth inning, Nimmo doubled, scoring two runs, and then Canna singled, scoring Nimmo, and that was all the Mets' runs scoring there. And, you know, again, the bullpen did a nice job holding that lead. I was happy to see the offense, you know, breaking out. They'd been kind of held and bottled up the past two games against the Padres, where they had gotten blown out two times in a row, and the offense just really wasn't there. So it was really nice to see the bats come through in this game. Did a really nice job driving in runners. And again, production from everybody, you know, everyone getting a hit on this team and four guys with two hits. So, I, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see from the offense. We know the Mets are capable of that. And it was really nice to see them break out like that in game one. But turning to game two, it was a bit of a different story in this game, to be honest. On the mound was Carlos Carrasco. The Mets lost this game 11-6. to Carrasco went four and two-thirds innings. He gave up nine hits, five runs, one walk. He had seven strikeouts, but he gave up two homers and, and just really didn't look on point. The homers that he gave up were to Trout and Otani, two of the best players in the game, but, you know, just not really his best start. It, it was a rough start after such a great outing in San Diego, but, you know, it wasn't just Carrasco. The pitching staff as a whole struggled. After Carrasco was removed from the game, Jake Reed came in, and he honestly didn't look that great either. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up two hits, three runs, two walks, and one strikeout. He also allowed two homers. One of them to Velasquez and the other to Trout, his second homer of the game. After Jake Reed, in came Chasen Shreve. He pitched two innings. He gave up three hits, three runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. As you can see, there's a bit of a trend here. None of the Mets pitchers were really able to stop this Angels offense. Shreve gave up a homer to Walsh, and then two of the runs that came in and were credited to Shreve were actually given up by Williams on a triple from Walsh, who ended up hitting for the cycle against the Mets in this game. 
Williams, like I just said, was the next pitcher to pitch. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up one hit, no runs, no walks, and had one strikeout. Overall, this was just not a good performance from the Mets pitching staff at all. They were just sort of beat everywhere along the way. Really, every pitcher on this staff, you know, whether the numbers say that they gave up runs or not, were, were really struggling to contain this Angels offense. It's a good offense. It's not, you know, anything to be ashamed of. It's not, you know, you're not getting beat up by a bad team, but they they definitely were not able to, to hold off the attack. And, you know, especially Trout and Otani early on, they were really owning the Mets there. And it was tough to watch. And on the offensive side, I mean... The score of this game looks a lot better than it actually was. The Mets were able to put up six runs from the seventh inning on. They put up one in the seventh, one in the eighth, and four in the ninth. But overall, the this team really wasn't able to get much going on offense. They went three for 14 with runners in scoring position. J.D. Davis had two hits, and Luis Guillorme had two hits, which, you know, they were the, the team leaders. And Pete Alonso and Khalil Lee both hit home runs, which was nice to see. But, you know, overall, this team... And I mean, it was just a a stark difference from the day before when they had really been on point, you know, driving and runners, everyone contributing. This game was just completely different. They were really shut down by Michael Lorenzen on the other side of the ball. The runs that they did score, I mean, they were exciting to watch in the in the top of the seventh. Canna drove home a run on a single. In the top of the eighth, Alonzo hit a home run, which was nice to see. And then in the ninth, Nito scored on an error, and then Khalil Lee hit his first Major League home run, a three-run shot, which brought the Mets to six runs on the day. You know, made the game look a little more respectable, but in reality, this was a, a blowout from start to finish, and the Mets just really were were held in check on offense. So definitely a rough game from both sides of the ball. The pitching and the hitting were, were not really on point in this game, but the Mets made up for it in Game 3 of this series. They looked outstanding in this game. On the mound for the Mets was Taiwan Walker, and, you know, I think he had probably his best start of the season. He pitched six innings, gave up six hits, one run, one walk, and he had 10 strikeouts. If you were watching the ESPN broadcast, they talked a lot about how Walker has been more of a contact hitter, not really much of a strikeout hitter. And honestly, I, I, that doesn't bother me at all. You know, on a team that has a lot of strikeout pitchers, you know, you're used to seeing that. But, you know, I don't mind if contact's the way you go. But, you know, they were talking about how that's not really Walker's game, but he really turned it on. He had a rough first inning. He gave up four hits and one run in the first inning. And he actually spoke that he he felt like he was tipping his pitches, so he adjusted, and after that first inning, he was awesome. He struck out the side in the second inning, and then in the fourth inning, he struck out three batters to finish off that inning as well. So, you know, it was just an awesome performance from, from Walker to make that adjustment. He felt like he, he knew that he was tipping, and figured out a way to stop that, and, you know, the, the results spoke for themselves. After Walker, Seth Lugo came in, he pitched one in the third inning, he gave up no hits, no runs, one walk, one strikeout, had a nice seventh inning, and then in the eighth inning, he did a good job, you know, getting a ground out, but then a walk brought up the, the heart of the Angels order, and at this point, the Mets were only up by two runs, so it was pretty risky bringing up Mike Trout with a runner on, so... 
the Mets went and did something that Buck Showalter has been hinting at for a long time, which is bringing in Edwin Diaz for an extended save opportunity. They brought him in in the eighth with only one out and a runner on, and Edwin Diaz looked outstanding. He pitched one and two-thirds innings. He gave up no hits, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Every out that he got was a strikeout, which was just really awesome to see. He came in with Mike Trout, again, with Mike Trout at the plate and one runner on. He struck out Trout. Then he walked Rendon, so now the the winning run was at the plate, and he, he struck out Jared Walsh. Awesome job ideas there. And then in the ninth inning, struck out Duffy, Laguerres, and Suzuki to end the game. Three strikeouts, awesome save from Diaz, you know, to get the, the, the five-out save there and have every out be a strikeout. He hit 102. He was looking really dominant on the mound, so just a really terrific job from Diaz and just an, uh, a really great job overall from the pitching staff. Turning to the offense, you know, they didn't put up a ton of runs, but they got a ton of hits, 11 hits on the day. Six of the nine batters in the Mets lineup had a hit. McNeil had three hits, which was nice to see. Starling Marte, Pete Alonzo, and J.D. Davis each had two hits. Marte was really great to see was making his return from, you know, his quad injury that had kept him out for a couple days since Tuesday in San Diego. He hit a double in the third inning to drive home a run. Then J.D. Davis in the fourth inning hit a solo shot, his second home run of the year. So that was really exciting to see as well. In the seventh inning, Pete Alonso drove home an insurance run on an infield single and then added on in the ninth inning with his 18th homer of the year, absolutely crushing a 414-foot homer off of Rysel Iglesias, the, the Angels' closer. So, you know, giving the Mets an extra run there, especially with Diaz going out there for a five-out save. You know, he hasn't done that yet this year. You don't know what you're going to get from him in that ninth inning. So really great for Alonso to tack on another run there in the top of the ninth. You know, this was a nice bounce back after being embarrassed in game two of this series, you know, getting really nothing from your pitching staff or your offense. This is exactly the kind of bounce back game you wanted to see. The offense looked good, you know, backing up Walker, who had an absolutely outstanding start on the mound. So just a really nice job and a great end to the road trip for the Mets. So now that I've gone over all three games in this series, I want to take a quick break. And when I get back, I want to dive into the Mets' West Coast road trip as a whole. Alright, and welcome back. So, now that I've gone over the Mets series in Anaheim against the Angels, I want to take a closer look at the, the West Coast trip as a whole and look at how the Mets did, where they stand now. You know, this was not an easy road trip, and we knew that going in. We knew that these 10 games against the Dodgers, Padres, and Angels, you know, two of the best teams in the NL, and, you know, at the time before the, the series began, one of the best teams in the AL, and while the Angels may not be at the top of the AL in the standings, they're still a difficult team, and the, and the Mets definitely saw that on display, you know, more so in Game 2 than the other games, but, you know, as a whole, that's a good Angels team, that's a good Angels lineup, they have a very powerful lineup, you know, outside of Trout and, and Otani and Rendon, they also have, you know, Marsh and Walsh and, you know, a bunch of other guys that uh, that are, are difficult outs. So that's not, you know, an easy team and their starters are pretty solid as well. So, you know, even though their record and their losing streak, you know, as a whole makes them, 
you know, not look as great in the standings. They definitely are a good team. And the Mets, you know, they handled this West Coast trip as good as you really could have hoped for. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, they would have gone 10-0, and but no one was expecting that. And, you know, the Mets went 5-5 five and five on the West Coast trip. And to me, that is a really, really nice job by this Mets team. They went 2-2 two and two at the Dodgers, 1-2 and two at the Padres, and 2-1 and one at the Angels. You know, 2-2 two and two at the Dodgers, and, you know, you see that on paper, but you're not looking at the fact that the Mets started out that series down 0-2. They could have easily rolled over and, you know, maybe take one game of that series and gone 1-3. and three. And, you know, maybe that looks like a positive, hey, you know, we took one out of the Dodgers after being down you know, 0-2 in that series, but no, the Mets battled back, and they went, and they tied the series, they took the last two games against the Dodgers, when, you know, all it would have taken was one loss to have lost that entire series, as for the Padres, they started off that series strong, and yeah, the last two games of that series were not pretty at all, but you also have to account for the fact that, hey, they lost Pete Alonso and Starling Marte, you know, in the beginning of that second game, now, would that have made the complete difference in those other two games in the in the second and third game? I don't know. Maybe not. But, you know, they played really well in that first game, and those last two games were just, you know, they were just ugly. So, you know, it happens. You, you, you have some rough games, and, you know, that's a good Padres team with a very good pitching staff, and to lose two of your best hitters and be up against those really good pitchers in San Diego, you know, it's it's not something to be super ashamed of, you know, and then to come into Anaheim reeling from those two losses, coming off of those two losses, and to take two out of three from the Angels, that is good team baseball. That's a, a, an awesome job of putting those, you know, tough games behind you, and especially in this last game. You get blown out on Saturday night. You know, it's an ugly game, and then you come out on national TV on Sunday, and you take the game, you know, very solidly. You you take this a very solid win. The, the pitching staff handled that tough Angels lineup, and the offense did what they needed to do. Wasn't a blowout, but it was a very well-played, solid win. Obviously, the pitching did struggle on this trip. You know, the starters in particular had some trouble. You know, Bassett had some trouble in Los Angeles and San Diego. Walker had some trouble in San Diego. And Carrasco had some trouble against the Angels. But the offense came through when necessary. The bullpen came through when necessary. And, you know, overall, I thought the starters looked pretty solid throughout this series. You know, there, there were a couple hiccups, and the hiccups were pretty ugly, but... You know, in general, I thought the starters did a really nice job through this tough 10-game stretch. You know, they got good performances from Peterson and Williams, which is obviously extremely necessary for this team when, you know, there are injuries to the rotation. McGill looked good in the one start that he was able to make. Carrasco looked outstanding in San Diego. And, you know, Walker in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, despite the loss, he looked really good. And then obviously, last night, he was great. So, you know, even though there were a couple of ugly starts in there, I thought the, the starters did a great job. And then, as I mentioned, the offense coming through when necessary, the bullpen coming through, you know, in that last game against the Dodgers, that first game against the Padres, and then in these last two wins against the Angels, just really, really nice job there. And, you know, I mean, it was just a well-played road trip. Again, 5-5, five and five, take that every single time in a 10-game, three-series span on the West Coast. I mean, the one thing I have to mention that, you know, the, the elephant in the room that has every Mets fan nervous is the, the Braves and the Phillies getting extremely hot. The Braves are on an 11 game win streak. The Phillies have won nine out of, the, out of their last 10. You know, they're all looking really, really great. But the thing is, is that it, 
that the the way they're playing is not the concern of the Mets. The Mets, all they need to do is focus on their business. They need to focus on, you know, getting wins against the teams they're playing right now. And as they showed against the Angels in this last series, is that's all their focus is. You know, they the other teams can do all they want, but the Mets just need to focus on beating the teams that they're playing that day. And, you know, while it's easy to say, oh, we lost five games in the standings, you know, that's a bad trip. In reality, it's a really great performance to go out there for as long as the Mets were out there after they had just been on the West Coast a couple weeks ago as well with, you know, very little off days. They had one off day in the middle of this trip and they traveled to the West Coast without an off day to begin with. You know, for that all to happen, it was just a really awesome job by this Mets team, you know, showing that they can battle, showing that they can continue to fight and continue to work well as a team. I mean, it's a credit to the leadership with Buck Showalter, but also a credit to the players for keeping their heads in there, not letting their focus, you know, be drawn away by, hey, the, our rivals are playing really well, or hey, we're we're losing guys on our in our rotation and our lineup and our bullpen, you know. They're banding together as a team and doing a great job at, you know, staying afloat and and not only staying afloat, but winning the games they need to win. So looking at the Mets' upcoming series, the Mets will finally be back at home at City Field up against the Brewers this Tuesday. On the mound for the Mets on Tuesday, it will be Chris Bassett going up against Adrian Hauser, who is 3-6 with a 3.92 ERA. Then on Wednesday, it'll be David Peterson up against Corbin Burns, who is 3-4 with a 2.48 ERA. And then finally, on Thursday, it'll be Tyler McGill up against Aaron Ashby, who is 1-5 with a 3-9-1 ERA. This is, you know, going to be another tough series. You know, the Mets schedule in June overall as a whole is not easy. And, you know, coming off of this tough road trip, I mean, it was particularly difficult because they're away, away from home for so long with no off days. You know, it's nice that the Mets have an off day today, but, you know, this is not an easy stretch. The Brewers have struggled lately. They've lost eight of their last nine, but they're a team with a very, very talented pitching staff. You know, as I ran through those starters right there, you could hear the ERA, the the numbers that those starters have. They are top-notch and one of the best rotations in baseball and you know their offense while it may not be as strong it's still they have some tough bats in there you know Rowdy Telez, Christian Yelich, uh, Willie Adamas they they have a good lineup and they can beat you so you know this is not you know any a pushover team you know this is you know just like the Angels the Mets are catching them you know maybe at the end of a, a tough stretch but they are a good team and they are a a a lot better than their recent performances have shown. They have a great they have a great set of starters and their bullpen boasts the best closer in the game in Josh Hader. You know, I don't think the Mets should at all be deceived by, you know, the recent struggles that this team has had. I think the Brewers are not going to be an easy series at all for the Mets. You know, and just like the Angels, as I said last week, they're going to be scratching and clawing to, you know, get back into that win column consistently. So this is going to be a tough series. But if they keep going out there and playing, you know, complimentary baseball with the pitchers going out there looking strong and the offense going out there and doing what needs to be done, it'll be great to get this homestand started off on the right foot. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. 
tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport, so I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and as always, let's go Mets!